Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Grow with Cora podcast, where we interview marketers on how and why they use Cora. I'm your host, JD Prater. And this week, we're joined by a LinkedIn ads pro who actually founded his own LinkedIn ad specific agency, B2 Linked. AJ Wilcox, welcome to the show. JD, super excited to be here. Thanks for the invite. You are someone that got me actually uh, turned on to Cora back in the day. So I think it's only fitting that now that I'm here working, I return the favor. <laughs> the mentor has become the mentee. You are now the man. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, young grasshopper. Yeah. <laughs> I remember we were back at a conference and you were just talking about how one of your like weekly weekend routines was getting up and checking Cora to write some answers. So we're going to get into that and how you uh, kind of found it, how you got started. But tell me quickly about you. Like, what do you got going on? Yeah, I know you got your own agency. <laughs> well, thanks. It's, it's nice to see growth. Uh, I, I call myself an accidental entrepreneur. I never really sought to run my own company. I thought I would always be a cog in a machine. And so this is all new to me. It's, it's exciting to see growth because I'm a first-time entrepreneur. Um, we're, like you mentioned, we're an ads agency that only does LinkedIn ads. And we're working on building some really cool power tools right now. So I'm excited about that. The team's growing and I'm having a blast. Well, wannabe experts love to tout how much they've spent on a platform as a uh, proof that they are experts. But one thing I really like about AJ is he shares his knowledge. And of course, at Cora, we love anyone that shares knowledge, right? And so one thing I just wanted to quickly say to you, man, is like, I really appreciate like everything that you put out, all your blogs, all your podcasts, or you're speaking at conferences for giving back to the community. Really love that. Oh, you're most welcome. Transparency is one of my favorite facets of, of what I'm doing. Uh, because I don't have a boss, um, I, can, I can espouse the ideals I want to. So as a marketer growing up, I really loved it when other people would share transparently. And so now I don't hold back. And I hear a lot of other marketers who will share things like, hey, don't give away your secret sauce. Don't give away the best stuff. Just like tease. And that's not my style. Uh, when you listen to me, you get everything. Let's dive into a little bit. Because I know that when you were starting out uh, to start your agency, you were on Quora and you were answering some questions. So talk to us quickly, you know, like how did you get started and why did you join? Yeah, well, when I very first uh, started my agency, uh, my goal was to become the LinkedIn ads guy worldwide. And like I said, there just wasn't a whole lot of competition, still really isn't. And so I knew that my goal for that first year or two in business was going to be uh, personal branding, branding myself as the LinkedIn ads guy. That meant getting involved anywhere that there was conversation about LinkedIn, LinkedIn's advertising platform uh, and just really trying to own the subject. So I've been on Quora for quite some time. I actually got turned on to it by another marketer named Rand Fishkin who ran Moz.com. Uh, he's their CEO for, for quite a while. Um, recently just left to go do his own thing, but he would share all kinds of great SEO knowledge uh, on Quora. And so I joined so I could basically follow him and, and get involved. But then when I started running my own company, uh, I, I started thinking about where is conversation going on about LinkedIn ads. And so the first three things I did, number one, uh, I went on and started searching on Quora for everything that included the word LinkedIn ads. Number two, I went and set a, a Google alert on any topic that was, any conversation that was going on around the web in forums uh, about LinkedIn ads. And number three, I started hitting uh, Odesk at the time. I think it's Upwork now. Um, looking for people who are specifically hiring freelancers. Those are the three things I did on day one. Uh, and obviously like it's, it's been great for personal branding. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, because uh, for everyone listening, AJ has answered 123 questions on Quora, which is insane amount to me. I mean, uh, there are people out there that have answered thousands, but like the fact that you're answering 123, you got the one, two, and three. It's going to be tough to go to 124, man. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go spoil it this afternoon. I'm going to go answer <laughs> one more. <laughs> but he's also like racked up 138,000 views, you know, on his answer. So the, like when you think about the answers that he's, you know, writing, but also just the topic, the value that he's providing is really beneficial whenever you're, you're kind of like building out that thought leadership. And so I, I know it's probably tough to tell, but I mean, did you see any like immediate results from that? It is hard to tell. I mean, every so often someone will reach out and say, hey, I read your answers on Quora. So I know I have leads attributed to that and I know I have revenue attributed to it. Um, but how many, how many new clients do I bring on who just don't happen to tell me where they, where they originally saw me? So it's, it's hard to track, but I'm a big believer in investing. And when you build thought leadership around a topic online where people are just going to randomly come across it, there's no uh, assessing a worth with that. You just never know what that's going to lead to. So I'm, I'm big on investing, even if I, I don't see an immediate return right after. I know. I think there's something that uh, people uh, haven't like maybe like fully realized when you're actually writing a lot of answers on like one topic, um, you become like the thought leader in that area. So you become what we would call like the most viewed writer in that topic. What also happens is that whenever people go to submit a question, they can actually request answers. And if you're the top expert, now you have people coming to you with questions. And this is fantastic for like thought leadership and building out that credibility. So I say kudos to you, man, for answering all these questions. One, providing value, putting that knowledge out there in an evergreen way. And uh, something else that you had told me at the conference was we were kind of talking, I was like, AJ, like, why don't you own all of this content? Right. I think a lot of people, a lot of marketers out there, you know, like I must put the content on my blog. I must own it all. And you're like, I just want to be where the people are and I want to be in front of them. Yeah. I, I feel like, uh, Cora has built a spectacular audience. Cora has incredible SEO rankings and, uh, I can access a much larger audience by leveraging your audience that, that you're already driving for, uh, for all these other questions, this huge database of knowledge than I can by putting it on my blog, you know, 30 people might read. So I, I am definitely a fan of leveraging the audience that someone else has already built. Hmm. That's such a tough one. You know, like I would love to have like an entire episode just around this one, because I feel like we're even as marketers, uh, this is my quick aside that we're having to build content for each specific platform, right? I think, you know, a couple of years ago, we would just kind of spray and pray. We would put out the exact same content across Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, maybe Cora, right? But now you have to like actually build like a distributed content strategy for each platform because each one has different engagement metrics of what they want to see. Yeah, it's true. I mean, every platform that you look at, you'll see the people who are doing it the old way are getting ignored. And so really it's a lot of work, but you do have to keep up. So what I tell people is if you're a business owner or a marketer in a, in a new niche, uh, pick your one or two ideal channels that you, you think are going to be core to your audience and focus on them, give them the most attention. And of course, as you start nailing it, uh, you can scale over into, into other platforms, but don't burn yourself out trying to be on every social network. Really, really good one there. Well, cool, man. Like let's, uh, let's kind of move into some core specific. I know that you, you love core. Have you learned anything recently? You know, this is kind of a learning that keeps popping up, but 
uh, I subscribe to any topic about LinkedIn ads. So it's, it's always in my feed. And I'm always surprised by the people who are asking questions that are so basic that I never think to actually create content around. Hmm. So it's, it's a kind of a constant reminder to me that, uh, that there are people out there who are really, really basic, just trying to understand the very, like, the start, the first two steps into the platform. And that's really helpful for me. Uh, so I use these for content creation ideas. If I see you know, three people have asked a question this week about why can't I delete a campaign inside of LinkedIn ads? Now I know when I go to, to create some content, I can say, ha, ah, that's a question that a lot of people have. Let me proactively create content around it. That's a really good, uh, really good tip there. And it's something that I see as well, even on my end where I think we just have so many new people entering into the marketing world and trying to figure out how to do marketing on digital channels, digital networks. And so being able to come and ask questions and get experts like you answering, I'm sure is huge because I feel like a lot of experts, uh, when they go to actually produce content, they feel like they have to keep it at a super advanced high bar. And if they, they're not impressing the, the 10 people that will actually understand what they wrote, then it's not worth producing. Yeah, I think there's always that, that little bit of a, like, like a thought in the back of my mind that when you produce content, produce it for the people who will judge you the hardest. And those are going to be the, the, the other experts who might want to poke holes in, in what I have to say. But part of what's so cool about what I do is I talk to entrepreneurs and I talk to business owners and marketers every day. And I get the same basic questions uh, over and over. So it's just more constant reminders that like, don't let yourself get too high level just because you think about this all day long and at night while you're trying to go to sleep doesn't mean everyone else is too. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Uh, meeting the customer with where they are. I really like that. So let's get into some of your answers. Uh, so AJ here with 123 answers. I pulled up a couple. And so let's read a few. Someone asked, is it possible to delete a single ad in the LinkedIn campaign manager? Yeah, the, the answer for that is no. <laughs> you can't really delete anything on the ad platform. <laughs> um, and, and there was a follow-up question that I actually just responded to today where someone said, wait, so if I created a campaign that was a mistake, I want to delete it. I don't want to leave a mistake in the account. And I just responded like, sorry, man, don't know what to tell you. That's just, that's the ad platform. I can't change that. <laughs> uh, another question that you answered, um, this one's back in August, 2018. Uh, someone asked, why does my LinkedIn ad campaign say creative in review? Yeah, so creative goes into review. Um, as soon as you publish an ad, it goes into LinkedIn's review queue. And because they're really hot on, on you know, keeping things on their platform high quality, everyone is read by an actual human being. So sometimes it can take many hours for that to, to be approved. Sometimes they can get stuck in review and be stuck there for you know, 24 to 48 hours. Nice. So if all of you guys out there that are running some LinkedIn ads and you're stuck in review, just know it could be 24 to 48 hours. Cool. All right. This is a, a one that I really love here and is, is it possible to run an effective LinkedIn ad campaign for less than $2,000 over three months? I, and I think it can be. Um, the challenge is, is if you're working with an agency like us, you know, we charge a minimum of $1,500 a month to work with us. Mm. Uh, but if you're doing it by yourself, sure, you can stretch 2000 over of that amount of time, but uh, realize that you're not going to be getting a whole ton of volume while you're doing that. And that's okay. It just means you got to gather enough data before you start analyzing. Don't make the call 
you know, three weeks in that, wow, this platform doesn't work at all, or this is amazing. We should throw all of our revenue into it. Uh, that one's always a tricky one. I, we get that one asked a lot too, even, even at Cora is like, what is enough to start? Like, what is enough to pilot? Do you have any recommendations for LinkedIn on like what you would recommend for a pilot test? Yeah, I tell people between three and 5K in spend. The reason why is because it's usually in that range when uh, your data works out to statistical significance uh, down to the conversion rate. So if you're trying to figure out what your cost per lead is going to look like and your conversion rates from your, your landing page offers, uh, once you've spent between three and 5K, you can generally say with 95% confidence, yes, this is working great or no, it's not. For all you guys out there, uh, really good knowledge. Thanks, man, for sharing. So let's, let's kind of transition here into um, Cora. So like Cora fitting in the marketing funnel, how do you see Cora in, in the marketing world, like in the, in the landscape? I know that you are, you know, really big on like LinkedIn ads, but I, you've been unapologetic with being like platform neutral when it comes to actually getting results. So how do you view Cora? Yeah, so Cora fits a lot more into search channels than it does into to display for me. And that's actually really good. Uh, what that means is it really plays nicely in all stages of the funnel. So depending on the query, if it's a very general query, it's top of funnel while people are still uh, you know, getting exposed to and, and showing their interest in the idea. If it's a little bit more specific, it's further down the funnel, maybe more mid funnel. And then you can have some very specific ones like what software should I buy for doing X? And then that's showing a high degree of, of intent. So my first seven years of my career, I called myself an SEO guy and I was all about keywords. And that's what Cora is to me. It's very flexible because depending on the word, uh, the words you use and the order, uh, it dictates where they are in the funnel. Whereas LinkedIn, I just have to assume I have no idea where they are in the funnel. I'm just showing ads to people who could be qualified enough to buy my product. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You were an SEO? <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> kind of different. It was really funny. For the, the first seven years of my, my career, I, I was an SEO guy and uh, I really wanted to go super deep. I got really into technical SEO and just really dug that. And then, you know, three years later, um, I'm calling myself the LinkedIn ads guy and a whole bunch of people are <laughs> chatting me on LinkedIn like, wait, what? You're the guy I ask SEO questions to, but I, I did. I kind of migrated. That's cool. So, and I, one thing you also said too, is uh, people ask is they want to bucket us search or are you social? And it, I love that you were like, no, nope, you're just straight up search. And you gave a, I think a pretty compelling uh, reason for that. I'm going to have you argue against yourself. Why do you think it should be social? I think social is really any platform that's gathering uh, demographic, psychographic, and interest-based data. Um, so Cora can really play in that space and it depends on how you're using targeting. If you're targeting specifically by the words people are searching or writing or interacting with, then that's a very search focused type of campaign. But if you're targeting people because of their, their demographics, then it becomes social. So it really depends on how you decide to use it. Uh, but I think Cora is kind of like YouTube. It, it straddles that line nicely where you can really use it for either purpose. God, I, you know, AJ, we, I, we may have to like make you also honorary Cora evangelist as well. <laughs> you got great answers here, man. You're going to take my job. Um, no, it's really good. It's really good. Actually, I, I, would, I, I, was, I was hoping it would might trip you up. But again, you are, uh, I think, pretty spot on. With your, with your analysis there of when it comes down to that type of targeting. And so, yeah, yeah, I think you're 100% correct. And I think we can, within Cora, we are really the kind of this hybrid and 
uh, we've had a lot of people asking us, which budget should it come out of, right? That, that's what everyone wants to know. That's really what it comes down to. Is, are you going to take my budget? You know, and so it's like, come on, come on. That's right. Well, what I like so much about Quora is uh, everyone thought that Twitter was going to be the network that was, that was in both intent-based and, uh, and social-based, uh, you know, targeting-based. And, uh, and Twitter, Twitter ads just never really took off. Like I didn't, I don't know many people who had a lot of success there, but uh, Quora is uh, what I would say probably a fifth or you know a tenth the cost of Twitter ads, and and it it is that for me. Yeah, I, again, I want a whole episode on what happened there with Twitter ads because I mean to be fair, they made over nine hundred million last quarter. Someone's using it. Yeah, I, they made a billion dollars, you know, and so you're like, wait, wow wow, like that, that's a lot of money. So yeah, someone's using it. Um, it may not be us performance marketers necessarily. Uh, so it must be the big brand guys. Yeah. Big media budget still going to Twitter. <laughs> and, and I bet it works over there. It's just, it's hard from a direct response perspective. And if you are on a, a big brand budget, feel free to head on over to Cora.com forward slash business. <laughs> I love it. Perfect plug. That's right. That's right. You got to, you got to take advantage of whenever uh, people are ready and they're ready to listen. Act now. That's right. Well, AJ, you've been like a a fantastic guest. Uh, We've been asking everyone that comes on the show, uh, what's one thing marketers can do today to be successful on Quora tomorrow? Well, Quora is one of those things. It's a little bit of a mixed bag. You don't know how to predict what's going to happen because of it. So I would recommend don't go out and just like, cherry pick your questions about what you want to answer. Uh, Try to answer as many as possible to fully cover the subject because you never know which of your answers are going to take off and which are just going to get a few views and and be okay. Um, So just invest your time, be active, uh, get involved in all the conversation about where you're an expert. uh, And then if that conversation isn't happening, go and start that stuff, ask questions. um, Yeah, just be active. Oh man, you had two there that are completely under leveraged. One, be consistent. We do factor in your consistency on the platform, right? And consistency per topic even. And then the second part to that, you said ask questions. This is like people just don't want to do it. I know that you're an expert. You don't want to ask questions because experts don't ask questions, but you're, you're just wrong. Like ask questions, you know, it's okay. And, but the great part with the asking of the questions is you get to pick who's going to answer it. And you can actually ask experts or people that you want to interact with to answer your question. So I think it's also like a great ABM strategy. Yeah. And every expert wants to kind of keep their fence up and say, I want everyone to keep thinking I'm an expert and that I have no questions. Don't worry. We're all thinking it, but realize that, that people want to do business with people who are vulnerable and just like you. And you may be putting up your walls so high that people don't want to do business with you. Well, on that note, I think we should uh, call this a wrap. And I just want to thank AJ again. Fantastic knowledge that you're always sharing and always your willingness, you know, to give back to the community. So I must say thank you for that. Oh, and thank you, JD, for having me on. I'm super excited to to share my uh, great views on Cora. (laughs) No, you did a fantastic job. So... All right, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode of Grow with Cora. AJ, where can the good people find you? Uh, you can find me on my website, b2linked.com. Dirty little secret. If you have any question about LinkedIn ads specifically, fill out the form, ask it, and it doesn't go to a sales rep, and it doesn't go to uh, it doesn't put you on a 
like a marketing sequence or drip. It just goes right to my inbox and I'm not a sales guy. So ask away. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, Wilcox AJ. And of course, follow me on Quora. Check out all my answers. Yeah. And we'll make sure to include all these links in the show notes so you guys can access all this information, including the, the questions that AJ re-answered on the podcast. But in the meantime, make sure if you enjoyed today's episode and that you subscribe to make sure you get those future episodes, head on over to cord.com forward slash business to get started today. And we'll see you next week.